seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's good! Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, yes, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Tap Room Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks. Stacks, Join with my guys, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson. Swerving Irving Washington. We're uh, live in the midst of this USA versus Mexico game where the U.S. is just getting their shit pushed in by Mexico. This is absolutely embarrassing. Every team, every player on the U.S. should be uh, get their citizenship revoked. Wow, that's a that's a little much there. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little much there. Seven to one, dude. Seven to one to Mexico. Still, uh, it's a uh, it's a little much there. Joey Manessis has five of their of their runs. He's accounted for. It's nasty work. What's going on? But that's here nor there. We will be talking some WBC. Uh, we have two pools basically wrapping up tonight and overnight, um, and then we'll only have two pools left as we head into the second round. So a lot of action going on there. Um, but yeah, man, how are we doing tonight? March Madness is upon us. It was a wild weekend of conference tournaments. Yeah, doing well. This is where I start to to follow all of your uh, college basketball bets because I know absolutely nothing <laughs> about college basketball here. So, but I got a good beer, so that makes me happy. Very nice. How you doing, Irv? Doing good. Just watching US lose. I think we hopefully we come back though. I don't think there's a chance, suit. Yeah. Uh, the way they're swinging the Batman, every player's going up there trying to hit a home run like they're going to get six runs off one swing. Doesn't make any sense. Just get get guys on base, man. But and then I, hit that home run. What's up? And then hit that home run. Exactly. But I mean, you can't you can't count out the ro- I mean, the roster is four MVPs, thirty three All Stars. I mean. Can't count them out, but it's not looking very good. And then they can't pitch, which doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Um, what beer are you sipping on, Ben? So I'm going. Uh, I'm going two from uh, Pizza Port Brewing. Uh, again, they're from uh, Carlsbad, so down down south, Southern California. Um, the first one is going to be a Spring Thrills. It really should be called sp- Spring Spring Fling. I can't even talk right now. Uh, but this is a seven percenter. Um, Got Simcoe HBC 586s and Sabro hops. So Very I'm stoked nice. about this one. Always always fun and good beer when you get pizza port. Nice. So Hell yeah. What I'm, about you? What are you drinking? I'm sipping on an Ale Smith Brewing Company. This is the Party Tricks IPA. It's a West Coast style IPA. 6.8 alcohol by volume. Uh obviously Ale Smith from uh San Diego. Yep. Looks pretty good. Nice. I haven't even tasted it yet. It smells good though, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah. And uh why do we uh why do we talk about beer? It's because we are being sponsored by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com, download the Tavour app, use promo code Taproom, 
and you'll get 10 bucks off your first purchase of $25 or more. Yep, that's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. There we go. Nice. Um, so with that being said, obviously, uh, you know, I mentioned it, WBC's upon us. Um, we've had some early action. We already have Japan. They are moving on. Yep. Um, Cuba and Italy are both moving on from Pool A. So Pool A is wrapped up. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Pool B is still to be to be determined. Australia is in the front runner seat. Korea and China play tonight or mm-hmm. overnight. So uh, if Korea is able to win that game and Australia loses, then Korea would advance. Um, so they got a lot to play for there. Well, but the, but you also have Czech Republic. So they're one and two. Yeah, but if they win this Australia game right now, what's the score? It'd be put at two or two. It's tied one one, bottom of the fourth. And any so if there's ties two to if they're both they're all three two and two, then the team with the best run differential moves on. Okay, which is why it's important. Which is why I say that this U.S. game, you know, losing seven to one could be massive. Yeah, because Canada looked really good today against I don't know it's Great Britain. Great Britain's own too. Canada looked great, yeah. But if mm-hmm. if U.S., Canada, and Mexico are all two and two, then the team with the best run differential moves on. Or mm-hmm. if one of those two teams is two and two, Canada already has a plus ten run differential. They mercy ruled Great Britain, which yep. is huge for them. You know what I mean? So that's why run differential is very important. So it. it even if the U.S. loses this game, it's very important that they scrap together some runs to at least uh, make their run differential better. Yeah. Um, how have you guys been liking the tournament, though? This has been great. I think uh, you get a lot of a lot of great players, a lot of horrible uniforms. <laughs> really looking at you, Great Britain. Um, and uh, but man, a lot of good play from a lot of players that. Yeah, we, we kind of expected it. I mean, look at Shohei. I think he's got what eight uh, eight RBIs yeah. through the uh, through the tournament so far. Yeah, he's just he balled out, racking him up. Yep. Joey Manessis out here. He's a challenging Shohei. Um, but you know, it's like a I don't know who I was. I was talking to someone the other day, and I was like, man, you know, US is going to get everybody's best shot. You know what I mean? Because they're the best team in. In the tournament, them in Dominican yeah. Republic and Japan, so every team's going to give them their best shot, and they got to be prepared for it. Yeah, and well, when um, you look at, I'm oh, sorry, no, go ahead. And you look at it, you know, Team Canada too. Like they're they've been looking really surprising, not only with that huge win, but you got Tyler O'Neill and Jacob Rosen batting a thousand so far during the tournament. I mean, granted, each of them only have four at bats, but that's that's impressive when you have two two players on the top of that list with four hits right now. Yeah, we got Mike Trout, who doesn't even have a hit yet. Yeah. <laughs> Wander Franker looking good. Tim Anderson's looking good. Randy Rosarino's looking good. Yeah, Rosarino, he, uh, he's he been nice for Mexico. Joey Manessa's yeah. been nice, too. Um, obviously, a lot of these players are, are in uh, spring training mode. It was hella funny because during this U.S. game, Earlier in in the broadcast, they're saying like, "Oh, how all these players are all pumped up and and how like they're treating this like a uh, playoff baseball." So they're going from spring training like to like playoff baseball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then once U.S. gives up the lead, John Smoltz is over here like, "Yeah, well, you know, they're still working themselves out and they're still going through their routine and 
Bro, you were just telling me they, like they, they're playing playoff baseball. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we really do know that they are just, you know, at the, they had what, a week with their team before they had to head out to, uh, you know, wherever they're playing their games. Yeah, but I so, mean, that goes for every player that's. Oh, yeah. No, games. absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, we are not getting the best of baseball. This would be a completely different tournament if it was happening in June, July, you know, all star week break. I mean, is that something that we do? You know, like when we have the Olympics where you take a week off instead of, you know, the, the you know, having it in preseason and let this tournament run. Well, this tournament takes three weeks, so. Yeah, okay. You can't do it in the middle of the year. I think it's, I think it's like perfect timing when it is. And it's not like starting, like there's rules that starting pitchers can't go more than 65 in any or 65 pitches. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's rules set so like they don't get overworked. For them, because you got to remember, Major League Baseball is the one that puts on this event. Yeah, you know, it's not a internationally sanctioned event. It's all put on by Major League Baseball. So, um, I don't know, but I, I don't have any updated odds for futures because we have games going on. But yeah, I wasn't seeing anything really up until you know five days ago, three to five days ago, with updated odds. Yeah, have, I know uh, Japan's the so. I know Japan's the favorite right now. Last I mm-hmm. seen, they were like plus one sixty. Ooh, Mike Trout just got a single. No outs, runner on first, bottom of the sixth. Um, but one that shocked me, you know, Venezuela before the before the tournament started, they were like twenty five to one to win it, dude. Mm-hmm. And they're probably gonna win their pool. Yeah, they looked good. Ooh. Their odds are definitely going to drop. I don't know if they'll win it, but, I mean, they got a pretty nice lineup, dude. Yeah. Well, and something I, I was really surprised about, too, was, uh, you know, Pool A, where you have Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, Panama, and Chinese Taipei, all teams that are 2-2 two and two right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, I mean, we did overall, we right? did see Cuba and Italy advance, but we definitely didn't see Italy as being one of these top teams. Nope. Um, Cuba was up there, but then we were like, okay, probably Panama, maybe the Netherlands with their lineup. Well, Taiwan was, uh, yeah, Taiwan was a huge favorite against Panama. Yeah. Their first game, it was like, what was it, Irv? Because we were talking before it went on, it was like they were like minus 400 to win that game, dude. And they, yeah, they got smoked by Panama. He yeah. called this shit a strike. This time, this umpire is fucking trash. Yeah, he's been all over the place, but he's been. He's been inconsistent with both teams, so he's been better than that that high school or sorry college pitcher who got uh, suspended. Oh yeah, the, the <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Goldschmidt pop out. Yep. Ugly. Um. Yeah, I was a uh, I was surprised because out of pool A, I thought for sure it was going to be Netherlands and Cuba to advance. Mm-hmm. Netherlands kind of tailed off there at the end. Um. Pool B, obviously, we knew Japan was going to run away with that shit. I've actually been pretty impressed with Australia, though. Those dudes yeah. swing the sticks, dog. Like, they get hit the fucking ball. Um, been a little disappointed with Korea. They've they've been very inconsistent at the plate, which has been uh, weird because, I mean, Japan and Korea both have professional leagues. Yeah. Like, aside from America, they got the two best professional leagues in, in the world. So you would assume that that uh, you know Korea would be a lot better than they've been. They could still pull it out, but 
I don't know if they'll be able to advance. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, pool C is going to get interesting, especially if the U.S. doesn't win this game because then that puts Canada 1-0, Colombia 1-0, U.S. 1-1, and Mexico 1-1. Yep. Which makes uh, basically Mexico and the U.S. would, if they win out, they would advance. But it puts a lot of pressure, you know, because you have to win every single game. And who do we have left? Who's on, who's on our schedule? Uh, we, the U.S. plays play Canada. Everyone? Yeah, yeah, you okay. play everyone. U.S. plays Canada tomorrow, um, and then they play Colombia on Wednesday. Okay. That would wrap up group play. They already yeah. beat Great Britain. Um, so it would be imperative that Mexico still has to play Canada too. Mexico has to play uh, Great Britain, though, as well. And Great Britain's definitely the worst team in this pool. So Mexico and Colombia have already played. Yeah, Colombia won that game. Right. And obviously Colombia has to play U.S., Colombia has to play Canada. So if the U.S. loses this game, the hope is you win out. Yep. You know, and then kind of control your own destiny and hope that, you know, Mexico Mexico and Canada, one of those teams is going to beat each other. So one of those teams would have, yep. you know, if you beat Canada and Canada beats Mexico, Mexico has two losses, you have you have no losses. Or if you beat Canada and Mexico beats Canada, then Canada has two losses, you have one loss. Yeah. So the hope is just win out and take care of business. And like I said, you got to put up runs and you got to have a good run differential because if for some reason, you know, it comes down to it and, you know, let's say Canada goes three and one and, and U.S. and Mexico both go two and two. If Mexico has a better run differential, they're going to yeah. advance in pool play and the U.S. isn't even going get, to get out of pool play. Yeah, man, that would be an embarrassment. Be absolute embarrassment. It wouldn't be yeah. the first time we haven't got out of pool play in the WBC, though. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> this uh, it just you know losing one of your first two games, it just puts a lot of pressure on your on your team, dude. And and obviously this team already has a ton of pressure because the expectations are enormous. You know, expectations of themselves, expectations of you know us as viewers. You know, Irv and I were talking to somebody yesterday saying like. They were like, oh, you know, like uh, the U.S. game was like dead and stuff. It's like, bro, we ain't getting excited over beating Great Britain. Dog. Like, yeah, exactly. We expect yep. to beat Great Britain. We expect to beat Mexico. Like this is a this is a mad disappointment. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Absolutely. Losing games to Japan and Dominican Republic and Venezuela and, and, you know, Puerto Rico. Like those are great teams. You know what I mean? Mexico's all right. But I mean, come on, man. We got four MVPs on our roster, four former MVPs, thirty-three All-Star appearances. Like this is thirty-three players with All-Star appearances, not just thirty-three All-Star appearances. Thirty-three <laughs> players with All-Star appearances. Like, what are we doing? What is this? Yeah. And our coaching staff is littered with fucking Hall of Famers. Dude, our hitting coach is Ken Griffey Jr. Our pitching coach is Andy Pettit. Our bullpen coach is one of the best pitching coaches to ever grace the field in uh, Rigetti. Like what are we what are we doing? Yeah. Looks like we having an off night. Well but Irv, I like you watch all these at bats and all these guys are going up there and they're fucking swinging for the look at Pete Alonso pop up, dude. He's going he's swinging for the fucking fences, dude. Everybody wants well, to that's what Griffey would do. So Hey Griffey has a beautiful flat swing though. That dude hit lasers. 
They just happen to go out of the park a lot. There we go. But we're not even hitting lasers. And, like, I'll be honest, like, Mexico, they're, they're, they had that one inning where they scored a, a couple runs, and they had three hits that shouldn't have been hits. Like, they should have been outs. They were just, the ball bounced against us, you know what I mean? And that's baseball, bro. Why you gotta put the ball in play? Austin Barnes playing for Mexico. Yep. Hey, he has more hits than all our catchers combined right now. Mm. It's embarrassing, dude. We should have we should have had Adley Rutschman catch, bro. He probably turned it down. <clears throat> nah, they probably didn't even ask him, dude. They they probably definitely asked JT Rio Moto first. And then they probably asked Will Smith second. And if Will Smith turned it down, they probably would ask Sean Murphy. Because Adley's a, I mean, dude, he's a second-year player. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to ask him first. But, bro. We're getting I, struck out by this fucking roly-poly. That's what, what I'm saying, darling. Like, what are we doing, bro? <laughs> what's going on, man? What are we doing? And, dude, how are we, like, the best? We're the, we have the most talent in the world in, in America, right, for baseball. And you're telling me the best starting pitcher we could get was fucking Adam Wainwright? A fucking 43-year-old starting pitcher? Tell me none yeah, of... They a, yeah, they did a terrible job um, recruiting the pitchers, for sure. Fucking Garrett again, Cole, Mr. Them, Maga himself. How many of them are turning him down, though? Oh, that's what I'm saying, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, Garrett Cole, Mr. Maga himself, Captain America, he turned down playing for the WBC? I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. None of these, none of these, especially the older guys, no, nobody wants to go out there and get hurt. Nobody wants there to go and throw their arms out when they're not fully worked. But you're, only, you're throwing as many pitches as you are in spring training. No, you're not. They, these they guys are maybe 65. going three innings max. They can only throw 65 pitches. Yeah, but again, if you're not ready for it, if you're not prepared. The, the guys in spring training today are throwing 65-plus pitches. Yeah. Plus, that's a, I mean, that's the whole thing. Is what, it, it's aligned with... Uh, like the whole WBCs, it's aligned with with how they like structure pitchers going into spring training. Because the first round they can only throw sixty five pitches, the next round mm-hmm. they can throw like seventy five, and each round it like goes up. Because end of the end of the tournament, you know, the regular season's right around the corner, and then that's when their arms are should be fully stretched out. Yeah, but it's like you're telling me. Best, this is the best we could do for starting pitchers. All these dudes turned it down. We couldn't even go get, uh, like, I don't know, like s- somebody better. I mean, look what what's we've done in the past, though. I mean, Alec Manoa, twenty seventeen. Where did we finish? First. Okay, twenty thirteen. Where did we finish? Third. Was it third? Third or fourth. <clears throat> I know the first WBC, we were fifth. <laughs> that was terrible. We had a hella good team that year, too. We had, like, A-Rod, Griffey, like, hella, hella dudes. Was that in 2006? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013, we were fifth. Twenty yeah. 2009, we were fifth. To be honest, we haven't fared well in the WBC, but... That was when last the last WBC was like when stars it was like the redeem team basically when stars were like well you know I'm not gonna let us 
we're not gonna lo- we're not gonna be one of the worst teams in WBC. Like we're gonna go out here, we're gonna win this fucking thing, dude. Right? Yeah. We had like Adam Jones, Arenado was on that team, and Arenado didn't even play well. <clears throat> um, you know, we had a Stanton was hitting fucking bombs that good for yeah, that we team. Had, we had Giancarlo Stanton. Like we had that was like the best roster compiled we had. We also I think Garrett Cole also pitched for that team as well. Like we had a lot better starting pitching that year for 2017. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, Verlander pitched too, I, I think. And Scherzer, I think, also pitched in 2017. Let's see. Stanton, Stroman, Goldschmidt. Oh, yeah, Stroman was the MVP of the, of the WBC. Yeah. Buster, Critch Archer. Yeah, McGee. Archer was nice then too. Uh Yeah, Chris Archer, Tyler Clipper, Danny Duffy, Dyson, Givens, Nate Jones, Jake McGee. No, not great pitchers. Marcus Stroman, David Robertson. Well, Stroman was nice in. Tanner Rourke. And David Robertson was, like, one of the best closers in baseball at that time. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like. So was McGee. McGee was a hella good reliever, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with our team this year. Our team this year, we have hella good relievers, but, like, dude, you got to get to those relievers with leads yeah. or else it's, it doesn't matter. You know, like, we have Ryan Presley, who's probably the best reliever in baseball. But if you can't get to him with a lead, then what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? So it'll be interesting, but, yeah, man, this if this point, top of the seven zero outs, Mexico has a runner on first. Like, I mean, you're talking. We just need to get a couple more runs. Just, just for that, like I don't think we're winning, but again, just for that that run differential, we got to get a couple more. Yeah, but ultimately, too, like I mean, it just puts a lot of pressure on these guys going forward. Yep. All right, let's move into uh, to the NFL. I'm sure we'll come back to the WBC for our best bets. I'm sure we got some. Although I don't see a lot of lines up for tomorrow, Irv. No, I think they put them up like uh, right before the first game starts. Yeah. Because the first game starts at 3 in the morning. They'll put them all up at once. Like, they put up three, then they put up, like, two more. Yeah. Because, like, last night, the Japan line, like, that game started at 3 in the morning. And, like, they didn't even put up the line to like, midnight. Like, the full line. They had, like, the run line. That was it until, like, mm-hmm. midnight. That's shitty. So, we'll see. We'll see what uh, goes on. All right, let's move on to some NFL news. We had a lot of NFL news dropped this week. Um, first of all, obviously, the Panthers trade with the Chicago Bears for the number one overall draft pick. They trade two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and DJ Moore for the first overall pick. Um, what is your guys' thoughts? I'll start with you, Eric. What's your thoughts on the trade, who won the trade, and then we'll we'll talk about who we think the Panthers are going to draft. Well, we won't know who won the trade to at least three, four years from now. True. Um, the Bears got a lot of draft capital, which they came out to say that that's that's what they wanted if they wasn't if they wasn't going to use the number one pick. But I don't ever, I don't think they ever planned on using the number one pick at all. Um, the Panther, uh, the Panthers made the move because they know and feel they just hired a new coach. Well, they no, they kept Wilkes. Didn't they keep Wilkes? No, uh, Frank Reich. Oh, they hired Frank Wright. Okay, he's a good QB coach. So yeah, he's gonna uh, draft a uh, 
a pupil and mold him. Hopefully, it's a, a franchise QB. Because if you give that type of draft capital, you got to hit on your QB. So it's three QBs they're probably interested in. One is the overwhelming favorite right now, but they worked out Richardson. They're going to work out CJ again. I don't know if they worked out Bryce yet, but right now it seems like a two-man race between Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud for the number one pick. And the Bears have a lot of holes. They got a lot more draft capital. So hopefully they just draft correctly and they could actually, should they draft right, and actually, you know, get some more talent and DJ Moore be be, be that number one wideout that you're gonna pay him to be because he's gonna get paid. Well, now, probably... a, now it's a real evaluation of Justin Fields, right? Because now yeah, there's yeah. no there's there's no more excuses. Well, he doesn't have any talent around him, right? Well, I wouldn't say that's an excuse. That's a valid argument. <laughs> no, it is. But... but I'm saying like now it's a true evaluation. It was it's the same shit with Derek Carr, right? For so many years, everyone was like, "Oh, well, you know, Derek nah, Carr is not real." Nah, wide Derek else. Carr had he had plenty of workable, serviceable weapons. I don't think the only thing he never had a true number one, but he ain't never been just devoid of talent. Yeah. But I mean, he that's had Amari Cooper for a good while too, and still didn't do shit. So, but if we're keep, if we're keeping it a buck, like you know, Justin Fields had a good year last year. He had a good year last year because he broke the record for rushing. Right? Yeah, he wasn't he was good throwing for his the life. ball. He wasn't good throwing the ball. <laughs> and you know the and it's a fair it's a fair excuse. Like you know, he didn't have talent around him. So now it's like, okay, well now you can actually evaluate him, right? And you have extra draft capital next year to the point where, you know, if Justin Fields isn't your guy, you can go get that guy next year. I think it was the same thing Philly did this year with Jalen Hurts. You know, they make that trade with with, uh, New Orleans. They go get A.J. Brown. And it's like, all right, Jalen, you got Devontae Smith. You got A.J. Brown. This is a prove-it year. If If you suck, we got extra draft capital. We can go get a quarterback. You know, Jalen Hurts killed it. He's their quarterback of the future. I think the same thing applies here with Justin Fields. Now the Bears have a, a lot of wiggle room where that they can surround him with talent. They can upgrade the offensive line. They got a lot of draft capital to do that. And then now it's like, okay, Justin, go out and show us what you're made of. If, if you don't do it, we're moving on. Because you got to remember, Ryan Poles did not draft Justin Fields. So he will be quick to pull the trick. He will be quick to pull it. Out from under the rug. That's fine. If he does, you better hit on the QB immediately. Hey, but that's yeah. you're only as good as your quarterback, right? But if Justin Fields isn't that guy, they have to do it. They can't just sit there and keep fucking pu- putting a square through yeah, a circle. But then either because I don't even if we, I don't think they're going to be terrible enough to be in the number one pick range next year. Correct. But if they are terrible, True. a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that they don't have good quarterback play because they'll, they'll be they'll have more talent. Then of course, then of course they're going to try to get Mayor Caleb Williams next yep. year if they're terrible. But that's but, my that's yeah. my whole point is like I think this trade I think they hit the I think they killed the trade for that simple fact that like you can surround Justin Fields with talent now he's on a rookie deal if he's great cool you just keep building and you're probably in the playoffs next year but if he's not good. Well, now you got all this extra draft capital. You can go when you have that extra draft capital where you can move up in next year's draft as well. Exactly. Because if you, you have their first, you have um, Carolina's first now. So they can they can throw two firsts in this year's draft to move up to that top spot and possibly a first or high second in next year's draft. So 
or sorry, the year after that. So in, in, in two years draft. So I, I think they did well in that. I think they also did well in getting, in getting more who's had 888 yards, getting the ball from Baker Mayfield, from Sam Donalds, from PJ Walker, from Jacob Eason. Like you have a decent quarterback now. They have that, that, that opportunity to get him easily a thousand, if not 1200 yards. Um, so, and he's going to be that probably that number one in Chicago. So yeah, I think yeah. this year is the first year he had under a thousand yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think, I think the bears won this. Um, I, I still think that Carolina is, I mean, they haven't made good choices at QB over the last what two years getting donald and uh they have, and, a, new, they have a new regime now though yeah but it, didn't that new regime start not last year but the year before well the biggest problem with carolina was they had a new owner right they got a new owner and he was basically like in win now mode and so that's yeah, why you can't went, win now with donald and fucking that's not well, he didn't have donald when he first got there and that's not necessarily that's not necessarily true because donald Gotta remember, dude, he was like ruined by the Jets. You know what I mean? Like that was a terrible situation. And and to be honest, if Darnold played every game last year, the Panthers probably make the playoffs. He was good last year. Yeah, because that last eight weeks, I think they went like five and two or six and two, some shit like that. Yeah, they and they they would have made the playoffs. They were literally a game away from winning the division. So like, you know, Frank Wright comes in now. Obviously he wants his quarterback. So it makes perfect sense for for Carolina to go and trade up and get, and get their quarterback. And to be honest, CJ they Stroud keep Sam is, Darnold or no? Yeah, he's still on the roster. Mm-hmm. But and and to be honest, he'll probably start next year. You know what I mean? They'll probably slowly yeah. bring along whoever they draft. Yeah. Um, and CJ Stroud is like the kind of guy that Frank Reich likes. Like that's his type of quarterback. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, the second the trade goes down. CJ Stroud opens minus four fifty betting favorite to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, so somebody knows something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, rumors are now it's well, NFL notifications saying that Jalen Hurts contract extension should be announced soon. Is expected to be around fifty one to fifty three million a year. Woo! A lot of money. You just you just got that update right now, Irv? Yeah. Doesn't that decimate their options though? I mean, well, they just re-signed Graham on a one-year deal. Uh, they're going to trade Slay because Slay wants number one cornerback money, and they're not going to mm-hmm. pay him that. Well, plus um, they're going to have to they're going to have to cut a lot of salary if they're going to pay Jalen Hurts. Yeah, exactly. Million. Uh, so they're going to trade Slay. They're probably going to lose Bradbury, but they got a lot of draft capital too, though. I think they got what. Two ones, two twos, yeah, and two do. threes. They do. They, they do. got like seven, seven or eight picks in the first three rounds, some shit like that. Huh. Yep. So that's crazy. They won't be void of talent. Nope. And as long as you hit on draft picks, you know. And Howie Roseman, he's done pretty well over that. But and I think they got a top ten pick too. So I wonder what they're gonna do with that. Probably take the best player available. I think they have number nine. Uh, Eight, right? Or ten? Mm, no, I don't. You sure they have a top ten? I thought they were just outside of it. Yeah, it might be ten or eleven. I know that they keep getting mocked. Uh, everyone keeps mocking Bijan Robinson to them, and Philly fans are getting hella annoyed with it. 
Mm, that could be what they are going to need a running back because they're definitely letting Miles Sanders walk. Yeah, but I mean, like, you could find a nice running back in, like, the sixth round, to be honest. I know Bijan is go different. get old boy from Kansas State, though. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn. He's going to go in, like, the fourth round. Fourth or fifth Damn. round. That's why uh, Philly fans are getting hella, hella upset about that shit, dude. Keep seeing it on I would Twitter. say they should get another pass rusher, honestly. Oh, they do have 10. <clears throat> yeah, have, uh, sorry. And the way the no, draft no, no. might work out now because you have – Panthers one, Houston two. They're both going to take quarterbacks. Then you have Cardinals three, which is going to entice a team. They might be able to trade down with a team like the Raiders or uh, even Colts the Colts. Yeah, right behind them to get their quarterback. Yep. We might we might see quarterback go one, two, three, four in this draft. We very well could see it happen. So it's going to be... Wouldn't surprise me. I think Colts move up, and I think uh, Raiders move up. Yeah, there's a lot of talk. The Raiders are very interested in Will Levis right now. So if they think that the Colts are going to take Levis at four, they might jump ahead and trade with the Cardinals at three to get Levis, and then the Colts might end up taking Anthony Richardson, or maybe the Colts just fucking pivot and go after a guy like Lamar Jackson. Who's a former yeah. MVP who's available? Mayo in the coffee. Will Levis. <laughs> yep. Apparently, I mean, but all the rumors are this that's the guy the guy the Raiders want. Good luck. <laughs> who's that? Levis or Richardson? Levis. No. Oh. See, I'm having hearing a lot of the stuff on Richardson. I think people are intrigued about what Richardson can be. But I don't know if a GM really wants to be the guy to take Richardson and it just completely blow up. Their career is on the line by taking him, which could be a good or bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, dude. You see the talent is there, bro. You see the physicals, but then you put on tape like that Florida State game and you're just like, this guy can't play quarterback, dude. Oh, yeah. No, I I definitely agree with you on that. And, and of course, all the Raiders fans I'm – I'm seeing are like, yes, Richardson's going to be the best pick ever. Like he's he's going to be the the number one QB, best QB in the NFL. Uh, See, that's all funny because all the Raider fans I know want nothing to do with Anthony Richardson. Huh. Interesting. They all wanted CJ Stroud. I kept telling yeah, them, absolutely. there's no way CJ Stroud is going to follow them. They're going to exactly. trade up until the first first or second pick. Yeah, but Man, I do. I hope. Go ahead, Irv. I hope CJ don't go to no sorry ass Raiders. No, because the the Panthers are taking them number one. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that would I wouldn't have liked that. But uh, man, the Raiders are gonna do what the Raiders do. Man, they gonna just continue continue to be the Raiders. I don't see that franchise ever changing. <laughs> they glory days is behind them. They ain't been shit my whole my whole adult life, my young life, and they ain't gonna be shit no time soon. Yeah. Well, no, and that's that's part of the reason why I think they're gonna go after Richardson is because they see a shiny toy that did well at the combine. No, and Ziegler then, like, not. I don't think Ziegler is really a fan of mobile quarterbacks, though. Yeah, he likes, and neither is Josh McDaniels, really. Yeah, Josh McDaniels, they like pocket passers. So I kind of understand why they would be um, interested, very interested in Levis. I think if Hendon Hooker didn't get hurt, they'd probably be interested in him, too. I mean, they might be interested in him later in the draft, too. You know what I mean? That's true. They could very well re sign Stidham and, you know, let. I think they probably, that's who they're going to ride with if they don't get Jimmy G because. 
Uh, you know, all Raiders fans are super hyped, but it looks like Aaron Rodgers might be headed to the Big Apple. Yeah, no, nah, he's definitely going to. Uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, Will Smith, Dinger, 7-2. to two. Let's get a couple more runs for us. <laughs> Solo Dinger, dude. <laughs> That's what we're going to do this whole tournament night. Call us the New York Yankees. How about they put the contact guys at the top of the lineup? What contact guys, dude? Jeff McNeil. Uh, they need to give Bobby. They need to yeah, give they, Bobby. Why Wilson isn't Bobby run. Witt playing, bro? Or Trey Turner? Uh, Trey Turner played the first game. Anders, uh, Anderson, Anderson is pretty much a contact guy. Yeah, they got him batting like eighth today. Yeah, they, they should have a. They should have him at the top. You got power one through nine, but the the contact guy should be at the top because they more than likely gonna get on base. Yep. But there's this there's this uh, obsession with the analytics that tell you that you know your top three guys are gonna bat an extra time, so they always put your best three hitters. Doesn't even matter. Just put them at the top. Like I, I like Mookie batting first or yeah. second. I like Mike Trout batting first or second. But Mike Trout, man, like we're getting way off topic again. But Mike Trout, that first at bat he had against Patrick Sandoval, bro. Road kept just just kept pounding him inside because he kept he always had he has that uppercut swing so he can't he can't connect with the inside pitch. It's like what are you doing, dog? Just make contact or walk. Just get on base. Um, all right. Raiders, Jimmy G probably. Yeah, either Jimmy G or you like they probably are going to draft Will Levis or. Whatever quarterback falls to him or trade up and get him. Yeah. They're going to have to trade up they're because I think Levis is going to go. If Levis falls to the Colts, they'll take Levis. Yeah. Now, do you see Bryce slipping? See, that's no. a that's a good question, or because you know he was the betting favorite, and then now he's like moved down, and Anthony Richardson's moved up, and Will Levis is plus three thousand to be the first quarterback taken. So, market's telling you that. They think he's going to be the fourth quarterback taken. Because yep. I, I think I, you're still going to get Bryce going either to. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes number one still. No, he's not going number one. I'm but you if what, not number one, then he's going to to Houston number two. But I mean, Houston could be blowing smoke, dude. Like what? Why? What tells you they're going to take Bryce Young? Because it's the. Well, we know they take they're, they're the best QBs in this draft. They need a QB desperately. Yes, and the problem with Bryce Young, though, is that he's, he's tiny, dude. Yeah. Like how everywhere has him listed as six foot, too. And I, um, I told y'all, once once he got measured at the combine, his draft stock was going to go down. And sure enough, dude, yeah. Panthers trade up to number one, and C.J. Stroud is the betting favorite. I, I, I think he. I think he ends up in Houston, though. Yeah, I mean, I still think he's the most like ready quarterback to go in and start day one. I think CJ is. Yeah, I've been saying, I've and been, that's why I think they're both one and two. I don't know who goes first and second. Maybe CJ goes first and then Bryce goes second. But I think they're both the ones who are ready to play now. Yeah, but I would also I would also argue that Bryce probably has the lowest ceiling. Of the four top quarterbacks, 
The lowest ceiling. That's kind of harsh right there. How he has the lowest ceiling because of his stature? Yeah, because you go off because if you're going based off athleticism and arm talent, he could easily be the best quarterback out of everybody in his draft. Yeah, but he doesn't have athleticism or arm talent as Kyler Murray, and he's smaller than Kyler. Um, which is a concern. He has a damn good arm. Not he can make all the throws, and he's, and he's super arm. accurate. But as far as athleticism, he's super elusive. Of course, if he loses a step or two, then you might not. Then he might not last that long. But he's gonna have a pretty long career in the NFL. This is my problem with being a quarterback, dude. And it goes this way for every top college quarterback. Went this way with Ken Dorsey in Miami, Matt Leinart in USC, like. When you're a quarterback for these top teams, when you have five-star guys littered at offensive line, you have five-star wide receivers. I mean, this guy was throwing to wide receivers who were three feet open last year. No, nah, he wasn't doing that last year. Bama had the worst weapons they had, and since and they were still better than a lot of the a lot of these other. Yeah, teams. you can say that yeah, they were still better on paper, but they didn't have the type of weapons that Mac Jones, Tua, and Weston they was throwing to. Sure, but he still had a great offensive line, which. All these other guys didn't have. even uh, even the offensive line wasn't that great. But if you turn on the tape and you want to compare Bryce Young tape to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, Bryce could be five five when I'm drafting Bryce because those two big ass dub trucks. I don't care if they didn't have the talent or had the talent. Them throwing the ball for the pocket at times looked looked horrible. I think Will Levis is a lot better of a thrower than Anthony Richardson. Yeah, not by much though. I would definitely take Levis over Richardson, but mm-hmm. I see the concerns with Bryce Young. Like I, they, they're legitimate. Yeah, if we was in nineteen ninety five and early two thousands, they are. But the way offenses is around now, and even defense, having a short quarterback is not not the end. Think, of, having having I don't think a short quarterback, all, but if you can get a bigger quarterback, you. it makes it easier. Yeah, but. If Kyler can't succeed in the NFL, Bryce Young can. I mean, I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's gonna be bad. I'm just saying his ceiling is lower than Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Because if those guys reach their potential, like you're talking crazy potential, dude. And yeah, I think you can say good luck with there that, for Bryce too. Good, good luck with that potential. Not as not as much as because Levis and Richardson. And Richardson more so. I mean, the guy's 6'5", 240, and runs a 4-4-40. And he has a fucking cannon, dude. But he, he's not yeah. accurate. That's the problem. But if you if you could fix those issues, I mean, you're talking the fucking... Uh, it's a big thing to fix at this. Sure, we said the point. same thing about oh, Jalen Hurts. We said the same. His accuracy was, what, 55%? Randy, stop it. Um... Who's accuracy? Uh, Anthony Richardson's. Anthony Richardson, uh, probably, dude. I mean, he wasn't accurate at all. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and argue and say that he was accurate as a passer. He's not. But neither was Jalen Hurts. You know, neither was... Uh, nah, Jalen Hurts actually was never that bad, though. Bro, I watched Jalen Hurts against the Washington football team. He had a Miles Sanders six feet in front of him for a touchdown, and he threw it three feet at it. Oh, well, that's just a misdirect. Yes. But <laughs> Jalen Hurts, I mean, even in call, like it, he had very easy reads and shit. That was the biggest concern. He wasn't accurate. He wasn't accurate his first year with Philly. 
And but Josh Allen, I mean, that yeah, dude but was, it was never as bad as Richardson. Josh Allen could literally only throw when he was rolling to his right his first two years. Yeah, but he hired a personal coach. I guess it's all about what you put into the game. If you know you have deficiencies in your game and you can work to make it better, then it's on you because you're only going to spend so many time with your coaches. You're only going to spend so much time in the facility. Well, also, I also don't think there's any guarantee that you can get better at being accurate. I'm just saying if if Anthony Richardson does become a 70% passer, 65% passer, I mean, you're talking That's hell a huge ass, though, from where he was. Yeah, so was Josh Allen when he came into the league. So was Jalen Hurts. That's what I'm saying. Is it? It's possible. yeah, but Josh Allen lost eighty percent of his offensive, eighty <laughs> percent of his offensive talent of I mean, production from his junior to his senior year. I don't think that was the case with Richardson. All I'm saying is that it's not easy to become a better, uh, accurate, a more accurate passer. We've seen two guys do it. If you can <laughs> do it then Anthony Richardson would be better. I'm not saying he's going to do it. You know, I'm not saying that he's yeah, he not has going a to shot do to do it. I get it. But like you said, they're going to draft on potential and he has the highest potential in his draft. But can he reach that potential? And also, Carolina trading DJ Moore doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> true. No, he's not going yeah, to Carolina. I was saying, whoever Carolina draft, unless they draft another trade back up or figure out another way to get a wide out. Training DJ Moore, who could be a true number one wide receiver, doesn't help your young quarterback. And, and also, too, one thing that you need to consider as well is, like, nowadays you're less likely to draft on potential because you want a rookie quarterback that's good now because you can utilize his rookie contract and put talent around him, right? Like, the NBA, you draft on potential. NFL, it's drafting, what can you do for me in your first three to four years? So that solidifies CJ and Price going one and two because they're the most NFL ready. I I would agree with that. Like I have no complaints against Bryce going number two. I'm just saying that a GM is going to fall in love with what they possibly can be. Well, too yeah, bad Al Davis organization. Well, too bad Al Davis still ain't living because we know Anthony Richardson to be going. I was going to say <laughs> if that organization will probably go for Richardson. And oh, look at that. The Las Vegas Raiders. At the same time, it's like, what if you draft Richardson and he becomes, you know, an all-time great? Then it's like that's going to be a lot of work, and that's a huge risk. It is. I mean, it's also a risk. It's also a risk taking Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. What what happens if you draft them and they're not good? Yeah, and what you're hoping is that you don't have a top three pick in the next ten years because you've got you swing and miss on a quarterback. It can set you back at least three to five years, but. Yep. Hopefully, these teams do their due diligence. Whatever quarterback they do decide to draft can step up and be the quarterback that they need them to be. But outside of these quarterbacks, this draft is going to get real interesting because it's a lot of talent, and we know quarterbacks are going off or coming off the board early. Yep. yep. Agreed. Well, we get more into that. Um, also, Jalen Ramsey traded to the Miami Dolphins. Mm. What do we think about this trade? Does it does it improve the Dolphins, do you think? Does it make them? I think it does. Definitely improves the Dolphins by, yeah. by a mile. They got well, arguably I mean, two the, top five corners now. Their, yeah. their Super Bowl odds did not move. I mean, That's fine. On paper, they probably won't. They, but like in the bigger picture, because they got a lot of question marks. We don't know if Tua's going to stay healthy. 
We don't know what's going on with the offensive line. Jalen, uh, there's uh, talks Jaylen now Jaylen that Ramsey Ramsey Tunsil might get traded to the Chiefs. So we don't know what's going. Wait, uh, who's not getting Ramsey, traded right. to the Chiefs? Tunsil plays for the Texans. Um, they, they got some. I mean, they got to uh, re-sign Bradley Chubb. You know, they got some moves to make. It definitely gives them a more formidable defense. I think even with Ramsey being an off year last year, he, yeah, an off year, but he was still number three and. You know, and stats over all cornerbacks. So, what is what are cornerback stats? I don't know. I can pull up that article that I read earlier, but he was still he was behind Michael Parsons and uh, Sauce Gardner. Michael Parsons is a defensive end. Okay, mm, it wasn't Michael Parsons. It was. Uh, but what? What was it? PFF grade? Was it? Was it deflections? Because I'm telling you right now, dude, that dude has ne- not been the same since he got burnt by Jamar Chase in the Super Bowl. That wasn't Jamar Chase that burnt him. That was T. Higgins. And T. Higgins, that was a fucking offensive pass interference, and they didn't call it. Bro, he gave up, like, uh, Jamar, He when he was covering Jamar Chase in the in the Super Bowl, he gave up, like, 75 yards. I'm not talking on one throw. I'm just saying, like, he got he burnt toast. That's not a lot of yards to give up to a Jamar Chase, bro. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey's not the same, dude. There's a reason why. No a, the reason why he's not the same is because he's taking too many chances. He's not. He needs to. He's like uh, oh boy from the Cowboys. They're all or nothing. They got to find that middle ground where they're just consistent. You could jump passes every now and then, but if you're trying to jump passes every time, it's going to make you look bad when you're playing better receivers that make plays. Plus, for a third rounder and a backup tight end, Take that all day. Yeah, well, I mean, his production was equivalent. You probably got find a guy in the third round this year, making less money too. No way. But you are right, though. If Aaron Donald didn't make the play he made in the Super Bowl, the Bengals would have won the Super Bowl because he Jamar Chase wide killed, open killed Ramsey off the line on that last play. Yeah, he's. He hasn't been the same, dude. That's, there's a reason why the big reason why the Rams defense wasn't as good last year, too. Had Obviously, a lot of injuries too. Yeah, but I mean, Aaron Donald and everybody was healthy for the first like 13 weeks of the year, and they still weren't that good. Like he's just he's just not like he used to be a guy that like would lock down your number one wide receiver, and it was like you knew Jamar Chase was locking him down. That's no longer the case. You know what I mean? Like he's just not that dude anymore. Well, yeah, five. Well, Jamar only had five catches for 89 yards in the Super Bowl, so that's pretty damn good for Jalen Ramsey. He's only getting older. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like I like the move, but the, but the Dolphins, the more pressing issue with them is their QB situation because honestly, and we know it, we hopefully, we pray that it don't happen, but Tua is pretty much one concussion away from having to retire. Yep. Damn, Mexico put up two more runs. Ramsey's arrival resulted in 2.1% increase in division title chances, 6.4% in playoff chances, and 02 in championship projections. Not much. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Is it a good move? Sure. But is it a game changer? I don't think so. They also have, like, no draft capital either. So, like, the team you see is the team they are. That's who they're gonna be, and like Irv said, like a lot of it has to do is does Tua come back? If Tua does come back, like yeah. what does he look like with all these concussions? How if Tua comes back, how long does he actually play? 
Like, there's a lot of question marks surrounding the Dolphins. And on top of that, the Jets are going to be better. The Bills are still there. And who the fuck knows what the Patriots are going to do with Hey, what's the uh, uh, Jets Super Bowl odds? Did you put some money on that before they get Rodgers? Uh, it's like 1700 but I mean, before all the Rodgers news, it was like 2500 I know, we talked about it. It was like 3300 Yeah, like, now it's... I mean, I... I don't think seventeen hundred is terrible. What do you think it jumps to once they get Rogers though? Eh, probably eight hundred. Nah, probably like eleven hundred, twelve hundred. Because I think seventeen hundred is like middled between the two. Because honestly, like the Jets, I mean, you put uh, if you just put a competent quarterback on that team, they're gonna they could they're probably gonna win that division. Yeah, especially because the Bills are. I don't know if they're going to be better next year. Like, they have a lot of holes, dude. That offensive line needs fucking retooling, dude. And that defensive line needs retooling, too. And those are, like, two of the most important positions. It just so happens that, you know, they have Josh Allen at quarterback, which makes them relevant. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Kansas City still your betting favorite, 6-1. to one. <laughs> Don't matter what they do, as long as fifteen plays quarterback, dude, they're always gonna. Nah, they can't lose. They lose Brown. They got to get somebody at left tackle. I think they'll be able to fill in, dude. Like Orlando Brown, honestly, wasn't that good last year. But he's still a damn. He's a Pro Bowl level tackle. You can't just lose him and replace him with Joe Joe Blow. Because we've seen that happen in the fucking Super Bowl, and what happened to Mahomes? He was fucking scrambling for his life. Yeah, but that was like in the middle of the season, like. Now you can actually draft guys. You know who's going to be that good at the end of the first round? There's a lot of guys, dude. A lot of guys that go in the second, third round. And the Orlando Brown was a third round draft pick. No, actually, I think he was a end of the first or second round pick. But nah, he was a it third don't matter. Draft pick. Like I said, if they lose Orlando Brown, they got to replace him ASAP. There's there's so many tackles this year, dude, and guards. It's like three really good tackles this year. After that, it's a big drop off. Yeah, but every year we hear that, and then a third or second round tackle is like the best tackle in the draft. Who? Name the last second or third round tackle that's the best Bro, tackle down in the draft. Orlando Brown, he was a third round pick, and he's uh, he he's a top five left tackle. He's not the best left tackle. What round did Trent Williams go in? Well, all right. I mean, let's be real, dog. All right, so the so David Bakhtiari is I mean he's been hurt, but he's one of the yeah he's one of the best. Uh, Ryan Ramzik from the Saints, he was a first round pick, and he's a right tackle. I'm just saying tackles. Uh, Taron Armstead, yeah, he was like a second round pick, I think. Ronnie Staley, he was a first rounder. Tristan Wirfs was a first rounder. Garrett Bowles. Uh, he went. He went in the first round, but it took him some years to develop. Lane Johnson. How those were first round picks, dog. I'm just going down the list of like top ones, dude. But they're not all first round picks. But yeah, a lot of them are. Out of, I think the only one that wasn't a first round pick was David Bautiari. Uh And probably Taron Armstead. That's it. Lyle Collins wasn't a first round pick. He's not a tap tackle. He's a free agent, honestly. 
Yeah, these are a lot of first round picks. <sighs> they could still be had though. Somebody could fall, but well, they said if they lose what's the name, the Texans are interested in trading uh Laramie Tunsil, so that'll be <laughs> that'll be a good that'll be a good replacement for them. Damn, that's crazy. Why would drafting a rookie quarterback and then trade your best tackle? Probably because they're gonna draft another tackle. Crazy. That's crazy. All right. Before we get out of here, Kyrie Irving made some uh, interesting comments about gambling. And I think a lot of it got taken out of context. Mm-hmm. A lot of people took it out of context. But basically, he said uh, gambling and sports betting has completely taken the parody and fun away from the game at times. There's a difference between being a diehard fan and supporting your team and loving your team versus somebody that's betting on a parlay. What's your thoughts on uh, on Kyrie's statement? Uh, this is Kyrie just being uh, a smart, intelligent um, over-talker. Because what he said actually makes no sense. Um, a dude hopping in your DMs as a grown man cussing you out because you lost him a parlay. It's just him being full of emotions. Now, gambling, if anything, it enhances sports because it makes sports more money. Now, you have leagues partnering with sports books and gambling and, and uh, what's the other one? The, they popping up in different states now, too. Uh, Barstool, all of, you know, they're sponsoring athletes. A lot of this money gets made and it can help feed programs to help the youth make athletes more money first and foremost. So, now, unless gambling becomes a problem, you can't gamble as a player. So I don't see how gambling could negatively affect any league unless you just do it on the low and get caught like a dumbass like Calvin Ridley. But it's I just think Kyrie, he was trying. He he was he it came, it came from the right, you know, it came from the right place and understanding. I think he just worded it completely wrong. You can't mix a fan with somebody that's hopping in your DMs cussing you out because you didn't perform this night on a parlay to yeah. win him some money. Yep, that's 100, 100% it. It's it's him getting pissed off that everyone isn't praising him. It's him getting mad that somebody, you know, is pissed off that he didn't get this many points when he probably didn't go out there and give it, gave it his 100% because it's fucking Kyrie. This is one of the most talented fucking basketball players, and he gives... 50% unless it's, you know, maybe, maybe more unless it, if it's crunch time, but like it, it just, it, it pisses me off because he's a hundred percent wrong here. You look at all the new Bro, basketball fans that they could potentially grow from gambling because the average Joe, like myself, who doesn't watch basketball is going to watch basketball because I have a parlay on it because I have a sports bet on it. And That's deterring so many new, you know, uh, watchers who could find a love in basketball that, you know, really doesn't have that initial love that likes other sports, you know, even more. So, you know, it's, it's potentially going to help him because if I even turn on that game, that's one more viewer, that's another hundred thousand that they're going to get in a couple years for their next TV deal. Like, yep. cause I'm not just one, 
it's thousands of people, millions of people who are going in and checking out these games that are potentially going to get them more money because they have bigger deals. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, if you think about it, sports gambling is a $4.2 billion industry. Last they year. made $222 billion in, in 2022. It's, it's, a, it's a huge market. And, you know, NBA is struggling with getting viewers right now. <clears throat> and what better way to get casual viewers than somebody that's betting on the game? There's a reason why they partner with Bet MG, MGM as their official, like, partnership for, with the sports gambling uh, book, right? Because that's going to garner more interest. This is a league where guys are seen out every single night. And ding, ding, guess who's the first city to get a new team pretty soon? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. You know, like, at the end of the day, sports gambling coincides with his his contract. You know what I mean? Like, it is only going to benefit the players at the end of the day. And like you said, Irv, I get it, bro. Guys... People, girls, whatever. Someone that bets on somebody and goes into their DM and is like, you're a piece of shit. Like, dude, that's a piece of shit. Like, that person sucks, dude. Like, you need to understand when you make a wager, it is a gamble. A gamble is a gamble. It's not a sure thing or else everybody would be fucking doing it, dude. And everybody would be making gazillion dollars. It is a gamble. I think that's... That... There's a lot of levels to this. Like, there needs to be good education on on wagering and gambling because a lot of people just think, oh, I watch sports. I can make a lot of money sports gambling. No, there's a lot more to it than that. And you need to be able to, you know, manage your bankroll and, you know, not get overly addicted to the point where, like, you're losing a ton of money, dude. You know what I mean? You can only You need to only be able to lose what you can afford. Same thing with the stock market, you know? And it's a bad example. We have banks getting fucking... Uh, you know, saved by the government who g- gamble and uh, make bad gambles, and they get. But they didn't. They didn't bail out that bank up north, and yeah, yet Silicon Valley and uh, and the New York one either. So yeah, yeah. People try to go there. If some people try to go withdraw their money, they was bad with the police. It's uh It's gonna get nasty. But it's nasty because you only insured if it's not a credit union. You only insured two hundred fifty thousand. After that. It's a wrap, yep. but Uncle Sam. But that's a, you know, that's the macrocosm of yeah. of sports of an individual gambling, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, anything that brings revenue to the game, they're gonna do, and they're gonna take advantage of it. And I, I just think, I think Kyrie just, I think he just misspoke on the quote. You know what I mean? Like I, I know what he meant, but he said it wrong. Like. Sitting there saying, like, it's taking the purity out of the game and taking the enjoyment out of the game. Well, bro, like, look at people that are fans. You're, you're saying people should be diehard fans, but people that are diehard fans are buying their kids fucking tickets for Christmas. Go to a game, and the, the guy they go to see is sitting out for rest management, for load management. Yep. You don't think that ruins the game? That definitely, because even though, um, yeah, I don't understand this load management even like you think Kobe Bryant didn't have aches and pains and shit. I see the game where he fucking dislocated his finger, snapped that bitch right back into place and kept on playing. Like 
they the league has to do something about this low management unless it's like an actual injury that you're managing like uh, like like not my, my bad not Kyrie but Kawhi I understand it he has knee issues he cannot go through a whole season playing back to back games it's, yeah but that's but Irv that's the problem is it. these teams have invested millions and millions of dollars into sports science and they know that they can they need to treat the regular season as a 62 game season. Like they don't treat it as an 82 game season. That's why you see the guys who are older that have been doing this a long time. Like they sit them on back to backs. They, they sit up, they rest them for a few days because at the end of the day, like they want them to be prepared for the playoff run at the end of the year, because their, their ultimate goal is to win a championship because winning a championship brings you a ton of fucking revenue. So the championship's a goal. It's not even the players doing the load management. It's the teams. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying for everybody, because there is instances like Brandon Ingram, for example, where like we know the Pelicans cleared him to play and he sat out like an extra three weeks because he didn't say he didn't feel ready. But at the end of the day, it's like these teams, these owners are making hand over fist money, dude. But they won't cut the they won't shorten the regular season even though they probably should because nobody the 82 game season is way too long we know that we know it from a science statistical backing and they can't stretch the season out how long do you stretch a season out you start in september with nfl compete with the nfl they're just setting themselves up for a disaster so, I mean, there's so much more wrong with the game. And for Kyrie to just say this is just so tone deaf to me, dude. Especially as a guy that's like an anti-capitalist. Saying like, oh, I love diehard fans. Oh, you love diehard fans who pour fucking thousands of dollars and don't get any return on investment other than a fucking emotional connection to the team. That to you is okay, but someone betting their hard-earned money to win more money isn't isn't okay with you? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I told you both, dude, as I get older and as I get more into uh, sports betting, I I find myself becoming less and less emotionally invested into individual teams unless I'm betting on them. Like, bro, four years ago, if the Cardinals were to lose a game, like, I couldn't watch SportsCenter for a whole day the following day. I I, I couldn't do it. Now I could, like, care less, dude. I'm like, eh, whatever. I didn't bet on them. I didn't. It doesn't affect me. They don't pay my bills. Yeah, but I mean, like uh, paying your bills and uh, and and your own what's the right word for it? Like your your own, you know, self not recognition. Your, That's what I'm saying. It's it's just worth. Um, it's just emotion. It's just your emotional yeah. attachment to them. So if you become if you take the emotion out of it, then it's doesn't mean anything. Like, at the end of the day, like, these, these sports teams, like, they don't care about me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Oh, absolutely. The Arizona Cardinals. does. The Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals aren't like, oh, man, we got to win this game for Jordan, you know, and for our fans out there. Like, if we lose it, you know, we're letting everybody down at the end of the day. No, nah, they don't care because those fans are still buying tickets. They're still buying merchandise. They're still doing all this. They don't but care. Kyrie does. Because he doesn't want a mean tweet. Or a mean bad DM. I mean, I would like 
if I'm an athlete, dude, and do and grown men are fucking in my inbox, being like, dude, you suck. Who the fuck cares? You're making millions of dollars to do it. Yeah, you do. I would just block. I wouldn't even actually. I wouldn't yeah. even read this shit. I would just swipe right and delete it. Like, what? yeah, but I mean, like those people I mean, are still pieces of shit. Like, yeah, definitely. But absolutely. But, but they as deal a with pieces of shit. All day. You gotta have some thick skin, though. You can't yeah, let you can't true. let any and everybody get to you. I understand every once in a while you might have your moments, but come on now, you shouldn't be out here making burner accounts. KD. <clears throat> <laughs> yep. No, nah, that's true. I don't know. I just, I think it's an interesting... Um, actually, I don't even think it's that interesting of a conversation because I think people took it a lot of different ways that it shouldn't have been taken. You know, talking, a pussy. <laughs> talking about, like, the righteousness of gambling and shit, dude. It's just like... Bro, people have been betting on sports since sports were, <laughs> were invented, dude. You know what I mean? Like... Say nothing new, dude. This has been going on for centuries. Oh man! All right, Make sure you clip that and put that on Instagram. Oh, I will. I will. All right, we got any best bets tomorrow? Y'all. Ooh, nice hockey day tomorrow. Let me pull these back up. Uh, we got three games tomorrow, All and right. I think you can take a money line, and I think you can take a, 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 a puck line here. Um, so money line, we're gonna go. My boys, the Dallas Stars over the Kraken at minus 130. I think that's good value there. Um, <laughs> and I think, hey, 10 goals. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, 10 goals. And I think you can take Avalanche. This is, this. Uh, so my best bet would be Avalanche minus one and a half over the Canadians. Um, and then I would do my second bet is uh, Stars over the Kraken. Stars minus 130. Oh, my God. Or every time you say Dallas Stars, Irving just like <laughs> puts his head down. Dude. Okay, I don't hate them. Let me stop acting like those fans that DM people. I hate them motherfuckers too, but they're, um, they're a good team. And Seattle ain't. I mean, they're just they just lose when they're not supposed to. Yeah. I like my best bet is the over tomorrow for Dallas and the Kraken. Oh, so you're going on Ben? You're going Dallas minus one and a half. Yeah, against the Kraken. No, no, no! Sorry, Dallas money line at minus one thirty, and that's that's my second bet of the day. First Against bet the Kraken, is Avalanche minus one and a half. Are the Kraken at home? Kraken are at home. Yeah, yes. they at home. Oh, I'm going against. I'm going against you, Ben. I'm taking uh, Kraken. What's the what's the plus money on there? Uh, minus one thirty, so probably like plus one ten. I'll get it. I'll get it right now. Uh, NHL. You should really be going for Kraken away. So, no, the Kraken are hella good at home, though. The Kraken are sixteen and thirteen at home. Yeah, but away they're twenty-one nine and three. I'm taking the Kraken plus one hundred five. I see that. I like the I like that plus money. And then Irv, you're taking the over. Yeah. Both these teams have been scoring a lot of goals lately. Over six. Dallas Seattle, on the road. Dallas. 19, 8, and 5. Bro, Dallas in their last fucking 10 games. Fucking 6, 3, and 1. And you know what Seattle is? 5, 4, and 1. Yeah, but they're 7 and 3 against the spread. And they're 25. We're not now. taking them against the spread. We're taking them money line. And they're 20, so. <laughs> and they're, 20 they're 25 and 11 as an underdog. Okay. I'm going to take the cracking. Um, 
on the money line. And then I'm also going to take... Uh, we don't have any college hoops starting till Wednesday. Do you know what I also love to see? What? You know who the second worst team in the NHL are? The Sharks. The San Jose motherfucking Sharks. Let's go. We need that. We need that. Tied with, tied with Chicago. Y'all still not getting Bedard. We're getting Bedard. He's going to Chicago. I'm telling you now. I would not be surprised if that happens. <laughs> I fucking hope. If he's the next Sidney Crosby or better, they play uh, yeah. him. They put him not in a, be surprised. Yeah. They put him in a major market for yeah. sure. No, they didn't do it for McDavid. He's yes, Edmonton team. is a major That's a market. Huge market. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it's not. The only bigger market in Canada is what Toronto? If yep. if yeah, Toronto's a way bigger market. Toronto's the biggest market yeah. in Canada. Not that much bigger. As far as fan support though. Toronto is a much bigger market, but yeah. But hey. Y'all, hopefully y'all get Bedard. If y'all do, he'll turn y'all franchise around in what two, three years. Yeah. Then y'all could go three. Then y'all could go three on the Kings again and lose four in a row. No, with Bedard and uh, I'm gonna take the the Bucks minus one and a half too against the Kings. The Kings don't play tomorrow. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. It's only three games tomorrow. Oh, NBA dog. Oh, NBA. Uh. Taking the Milwaukee Bucks minus one and a half against the Kings. Is is Giannis playing? Yeah, he's back. He's questionable tomorrow. But he was he went from out to questionable, which means he's gonna play. All right. And then ooh, Phoenix versus Golden State at home. Yeah, that should be a good one. I'd probably lean Golden State only because they're hella good at home. Yeah, probably take that over too, because they're gonna score a bunch of points. I don't know. Their games have been going under lately, dude. No, but Phoenix been giving up a lot of points lately. And the total is two thirty nine and a half, dog. That's a lot of. No, points. that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of points. I'd probably lean that under. Celtics should beat the shit out the Rockets tomorrow. I'll make that one of my best bets too. Minus thirteen. Damn, all right. That's a lot, dude. On the road, it don't matter. The Houston Rockets are complete. Trash. You know what? Yep. All right. So just a recap. Ben got Dallas money line minus one thirty, Avs minus one and a half. Irv has over six goals. Seattle, Dallas, Celtics minus thirteen. I'm going Kraken plus one hundred five money line, and then Bucks minus one and a half. And then uh, I'll I'll throw out a little uh, special nugget. Wednesday, part of the first four NCAA hoops. Wednesday, we got a podcast on Tuesday, so. I know, but I'll throw it out there right now. I'm going to throw this out there because I don't want the number to move. <laughs> We're going Nevada Wolfpack plus one and a half against the Arizona State Sun Devils. Nevada will win this game. I guarantee it. They are winning this game. Everybody okay. and their mom is going to be on Arizona State because Nevada has, they've lost four of their last five. They're stumbling into the NCAA tournament, but they will win this game. Let's lock it up. Let's go, y'all. Anything else? How was your beer, Ben? What was your second uh, beer, by the way? My second beer was uh, was the Summer Oasis uh, from Pizza Port. And I do have to say, not my favorite. I think this is the first Pizza Port beer that I don't really like. Um, mm. So it's a it's a 7.2%, and it's got uh, Citra, Mosaic, and Talia's hops, which again should be incredible but it's just a little too hop heavy so irv you would absolutely hate this beer 
Um, it's not bad, but it's not good. It definitely doesn't sit up to the spring thrills. Um, you know, that was the one again with, uh, Simcoe, HBC 586 and Sabro hops. This, this one, I'd, I'd give a mm, 4.5 out of five. The, uh, summer oasis, I'd probably give a 3.75. Nice. Not a, not a throwaway beer, but, uh, definitely not a, a beer that I'd go after again. Yeah. Not great, not good, not bad. Yeah. Um, my second beer was Sound Pieces by Mumford Brewing, who I've never had beer from because I found out that they stopped making beer and now they're like collaborating with other breweries to like do uh <clears throat> some of their classic beers. Uh this is an IPA. Uh the second the Mumford one I give like a four out of five. It's it's good. It's it's not the best IPA. The Ale Smith Party Tricks IPA, that one was really fucking good. A lot of citrus flavors, very crisp, light, delicious. Four seven five out of five on that one. Thank you everybody for joining us. Hey, who won Best Actor in the Oscars? We're gonna see. What won Best Film? I haven't watched any fucking movies. This no year. idea. Brendan Fraser won Best Actor. Oh, and The Whale? I heard that was hella good, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I need to see that one too. That fool put on like 200 pounds just for that role. That's crazy. That's crazy dedication. Bro, have you you guys seen the the AI images of uh, Family Guy? Like, Family Guy recreated as real people? No. (laughs) It's a trip, dude. I gotta send it to you guys. Oh my god. It's an absolute trip. Or did you ever watch Family Guy? Yeah, but sometimes it got like two uh it got like two races for your boy, so I was like What are you talking I, I about? Dude, they make fun of everybody. I know, but they I know it was racist towards everybody, but like some of that stuff was like, damn, <laughs> this shit is this show is wild. Like, the dude that writes the show is Jewish and he like talks shit about Jews more than anybody. I know, I'm just saying, like, especially the one where like the uh we still live? Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, it's Lord. all good. It's I mean it's it's a show, everyone can pull it up. Yeah, that's true. When the Asian lady was driving, she like, I turned down. Good luck, everybody. And she called that massive ass pile <laughs> Yeah, I mean like there's a oh, there's definitely goodness. a lot of episodes that like uh you know uh, they made back yeah. in the day that they can't make now. Yeah, I mean, imagine Beavis and Butthead, dude, in the 90s. Imagine if they made that shit now. Oh, the one where uh, Brian walked up to uh, <laughs> the Quagmire when his sister was standing there and the boyfriend pulled up with the bat. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was crazy. I, oh, sent, I sent it to the... South Park, South Park used to do some streets as we used to be wilded, too. I sent it to the Instagram group. You guys gotta see it, dude. It's It's comical, dude. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to go to, uh, make sure to follow us, Taproom Sports Podcast, Instagram, Jordan Rules of World, TSP on Twitter, Swerving Irving, TSP on Twitter. We'll be back on Tuesday night to talk. uh, We're doing what division are we doing this week? I think it's the, 
we did the AL East. The NL, NL, NL East. NL East this week. Yeah. We'll do the NL East and then NL West the last one. Yeah. All right, so NL East this week will be breaking it down, win totals, uh, futures, et cetera, et cetera. Definitely want to be there. Don't miss it. Go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. I'll be back tomorrow night with Swerving Irving. Uh, we'll also be joined by my guy Aaron Kidd from Wager Talk. We'll be talking. Uh, we'll just we'll be filling out brackets and and just going through the brackets and uh, really diving into the lines for the first weekend, which have already been moving like fucking bananas, dude. Which is why I wanted to throw out that Nevada bet today before it goes crazy. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for joining us. We love y'all. Peace. <laughs>